You're listening to Karen Swain, teacher of deliberate creation, accentuating the positive, showing you a way to a better life. Accentuating the positive, it's not just bad, it's sanity. Who in their right mind would accentuate anything else? Hello, welcome to Accentuate the Positive Media. I'm so delighted to have Chris Rain, the founder and CEO of Hello Sunday Morning with me to have a chat to. Hello Sunday Morning is a movement which helps empower and uplift people and it's all about maybe rethinking the way we use alcohol. Hi Chris, how are you? Hello, thanks for having me. So great to have you on the show. Now tell me the inspiration behind Hello Sunday Morning. What were you thinking and maybe just explain to people exactly what it is. Hello Sunday Morning began with a hangover when I was 22 years old after a series of pretty bad hangovers and realising that I wanted to get more out of life and drinking wasn't the worst thing but it was the amount that I was drinking was holding me back and I wanted to reduce that and change my relationship with alcohol. So I committed to not drinking for the entirety of a year, wrote a blog about that experience, you know, what I experienced on Saturday night, what I experienced going out on dates, things like that that are often challenging without drinking in the culture that we have and write about them. And then that grew into something where my friends were involved and wanted to also take a break and explore their relationship with alcohol. And it's continued to grow since that, you know, five years ago. Now over 60,000 people have signed up and a part of Hello Sunday Morning. We've also started a really good conversation outside those 60,000s culturally in Australia and around the world. We can actually reframe the way we look at alcohol in our lives but also as a community. Look, hallelujah, I'm with you there. (laughs) Look, I have to say, when I was in my 30s, I gave up alcohol, not for the same reasons as you, but I was doing a lot of energy healing work and I I figured that smoking and drinking and the culture that I was participating in and thinking that it was perfectly normal to participate in was not really benefiting who I was trying to become. And so I gave up alcohol completely for five years and that was eye-opening. It was so eye-opening. I was just like, oh, wow. It was like I had been hypnotized and I I woke up. And what I saw was I looked around the world and alcohol was so pervasive. Everything we did included alcohol. So when we gave birth to our babies, when we had birthdays, when we had funerals, when we got everything Every celebration we included alcohol and why? Yeah. <laughs> I, I kept asking why. Why is it that we feel we need to be other than who we are? Because alcohol only takes a couple of drinks and you're already feeling like it's a powerful drug, you know. Yeah. It's, it's a powerful drug. And why do we need to, why do we need it? That's, that's the question I was asking. Is that what you found? I think that was definitely the question that I had and you know, yourself had and should be a question that we always ask of all drugs that we use. I think it's important to realise that we're a drug-taking society. So drugs will always be part of the fabric of our communities and whether that's legal drugs such as alcohol, nicotine, caffeine or pharmaceutical drugs that help us, whether it's with our mental health or medical conditions, also illicit drugs such as cocaine, MDMA, ice, they're part of who we are as people. Like we use them as tools for a number of different reasons. The point of Hello Sunday Morning and the point of the work that our team does is helping people 
understand why they're using that particular drug and ideally find better choices and better habits to get what you're using that drug for without depending on it in such an excessive way. And with alcohol in our society, because it's a legal and recreational drug, 80% of people drink and we use it for a lot of reasons that there's probably other better drugs or better things a person can do to live a healthier life. So we don't take a stance that's against alcohol or against drugs. We think that the role of technology and the role of organisations like ours is to help people find better drugs or better ways to get what you're getting out of the, the drugs. What do you mean by better drugs? Do you mean better drugs as in like you could meditate and find that same euphoric feeling? Yeah. Like is yeah, that absolutely. a better drug? Yeah. yeah. But also a large percentage of people that are drinking to excess and drinking in an unhealthy way have some mental health challenge that they're also self-medicating for. So there's probably medication that's right for them that would help them with that condition that would mean that they wouldn't have to self-medicate with alcohol. Okay. So that's sort of it. So there's also that component. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I think we often, we kind of just stick with what we know. We're not open to exploring what might be better for us and what might be a healthier path. And that could be actions that take, like diet, exercise, sleep, but it could also be ways of medicating better. And yeah, so that's, that's an important part. I know. Look, I, I remember at school, you know, when we when you first discover alcohol, it's like way before it's legal. I don't know if this yeah. is you, but it was definitely my generation. And we used to come to school and brag about how out of it we got on the weekend. And the more out of it you got, the better the story. And the more yeah. your friends would ap- applaud you and cheer yeah. you and go, oh, you know, Anya, that's so great. You got so yeah. wasted. And that <laughs> whole idea that getting wasted is what that's what we're supposed to do. Like, let's just get wasted. Got a problem? Let's get wasted. So, yeah. look, I congratulate you on what you're doing because it's just shifting a paradigm and shifting people's mindset to come back to self when you're looking for joy or looking for euphoria or, or happiness or, or comfort or courage. You've got it inside you. It doesn't have to be yeah. in any sort of form. It doesn't even have to be in food or coffee or tea or Soy chai lattes. Yeah. <laughs> That's my drug. Tell people exactly how Hello Sunday Morning works. We experiment with a number of different things. So we have partnerships with universities and clinical researchers and web developers and content. We're very much a partnership-driven organization. And the products that we've built today, essentially there's three. One is the overarching campaign, which is the Hello Sunday Morning campaign, which is a lifestyle brand for people to question their relationship with alcohol, to have a conversation about it. And that's kind of going out there all the time and supports it all. There's the online website that helps people feel connected to other people going through the same challenges that they are. So you can come on to hellasundaymorning.org, sign up, be connected with people that are going through a similar challenge to you. And whether that's completely removing alcohol for three months, six months, 12 months, or even just having the intention to be mindful of how you're using it, change that, you can do whatever you like. But that's an important part is that connection. And then thirdly, there's an app that we've built that helps people that might not be ready to make a big commitment of time but can access a number of different challenges, hundreds of different challenges that have come up through both the science but also our community to help people redirect their attention and energy when they're faced with the choice to drink or to do something else. So that's what we've done today. And we've learned a lot about if they work and they do, 
and how do they work and for whom. And over the next three to six months, we're taking what we've learned to combine them into one product experience ultimately that helps different people achieve that same outcome in different ways. So that's what the team's working on now. Mm. And that's, um, yeah, a big, a big part of, of the work that we're doing. Yeah, you know what I love about this? I love that it's addressing this issue without it being about you're an alcoholic, you know. Yeah. Because the AA Society is really the only other organisation that's really addressed the issue of substance abuse at all. And there are a lot of people that are not alcoholics, but maybe they would like some support in having a healthier lifestyle, as you say, and but they don't want to go to AA because they really don't fit into that slot. I'm not saying yeah. that AA doesn't have its place because, boy, have I seen it help people. Yeah. But, yeah, I think it's great what you're doing and, and just having that support. You know, I saw you speak at the latest uh, Social Goods Summit that we had recently on Saturday at our first Social Goods Summit. And yeah. there was a young man who came down to ask you a question with his baseball hat on backwards. Yeah. He was such a cool dude. And he said, you know, like, I really like your idea, but I don't know when I'm out with my mates how I cannot participate because of this peer pressure. And I I really don't know where to go and celebrate and enjoy my life without alcohol being involved. It was like a real challenge for someone of that age group. I don't know, I think he was in his early 20s to participate in what you're asking people to do and also feel like they still belong to their friends and their peers and they're not crazy or kooky. How Mm. do you support people like that? Yeah, he he was funny because... I gave him an answer, which I'll give now, but then he said, oh, no, no, it's your, it's your product that does it. You know, he kind of almost sold it for me better than I could. The truth is, I think that process of challenging the culture that we have around us is very much an individual process and you have to go through that and you have to be able to decide for yourself. And with all these, with all these challenges, whether it's alcohol or drugs or even ideas, they're a matter of individual choices each day, each moment that we take, and those choices add up, and that's what all addictions on whatever level are. So there's no other way of pushing through it than just stepping into that experience of your friends and making a choice and also treating it like an experiment rather than an identity, trying these different things and ideally trying them with other people, your friends with, and experimenting with them. Ultimately, the goal isn't about alcohol or drugs. It's about your health and what's right for you. And if alcohol has a role in that, then great. Like it should be you're supported in that. But always questioning why you're using it, how you're using it. And that's the most important thing that we can do with drugs. The amount and, you know, how you do it, that'll change over time if you're clear on what your health goal is. Look, you know, taking this action evokes so many empowering aspects of you because to stand up to your peers and say, I'm actually going to do something different and to be okay with that and not feel like you have to be one of them, like yeah. that's that's enlightening in itself. Yeah. And also to... It's leadership. It's leadership. It's leadership. Yeah. And also to be able to live your life as courageously without the support of alcohol. So when I went through that five-year period, I was divorced for the first time as a single mum. I was in my 30s. And when I was dating and doing things like that, I realised that I had never been on a first date before without using alcohol as a crutch. And, yeah. and you know, the first sexual experience. And there were just so many firsts that didn't. Yeah. 
and being completely present without being out of it. It was yeah. so enlightening, I thought. And Absolutely. I, and that was a long time ago now. So I remember thinking at the time, why isn't anyone telling anyone this? And so, <laughs> yeah. hello, Sunday morning. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. now you're telling people this. I mean, I'm sure that AA people experience that. And I've got a lot of friends that have been counsellors, you know, have participated in AA and their lives have been so enriched because of their reaching out to help others with their yeah. problems and becoming first cleaning up their own act and then becoming the support for other people. It's just been yeah. so enriching for their lives. Yeah. So that to experience all things fully and presently, I think is a, a good life goal. So yeah. every to experience birthday, experience Christmas, dating, sex, all these things should be. And your fear. Ex- and your fear, everything. Experience yeah. at least once in your life completely so it doesn't mean that you can't then experience them again when you're, if you're drinking or even caffeinated, you know, like it's also, caffeine's also a drug. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. just to have it completely sober once is a powerful thing. Yeah. And I think I also want to make the point about AA. The thing that is fantastic about Alcoholics Anonymous is the community support. That's at the core of things that are most effective. Yeah. What isn't effective in my opinion and my personal belief is that the model of AA, the 12-step model, hasn't changed. It hasn't evolved and it hasn't been academically validated through data, which are tools that are kind of just only really available to us now. So my main point of contention with that model is it removes the ability for a person to choose and disempowers them. I absolutely agree with that. I mean, this might be controversial, but I completely agree with that. That statement that I am an alcoholic and therefore I can't participate in any... To me, that feels disempowering. I'm not an alcoholic, so I don't know what these people feel like. But to say that you can't participate in something because you don't have the strength to say no, to me, feels disempowering. Yeah. Yeah. I also think for someone I choose to not drink and perhaps I choose to not drink for the rest of my life, I fully respect that and endorse that and it's a very healthy thing to do. But I don't ever want our organisation to impose that on someone as yeah. a choice that they have to make in yeah. order to be part of what we do. Yeah. I think we should be more open and look at it more in a much more complex, diverse way and help people make their own decisions and give them the tools and support and to make whatever decision you want as long as you're not harming someone else. And that's where I would love to see an organisation like AA evolve too. Yeah. And that's where we're going. So yeah. you know, perhaps there was some way that we can all meet in the middle. The crux of AA too is, is signing over that power that you feel like you don't have to a higher power. You know, yeah. they call it God. So it, it is a very spiritual experience for these people. Yeah. Is Hello Sunday Mornings wrapped around that spiritual experience as well? I don't think an organisation should commercialise spirituality. I think that's, you know, spirituality is in everything, your connection to the world, to a higher power, if you will, to whatever it is. And that's a beautiful thing that should be accepted and cherished and understood. But it unfolds onto yourself as an individual I don't think it would be fair for our organisation to say the only way that you can access this higher power is through us. I think our job as an organisation, as a team, is to build tools to help people 
help themselves make better lifestyle choices. It would be easier for us to say, pay us 20 bucks a month and we'll give you access to God, some higher power, which isn't quantifiable, which isn't measured, you know, and kind of be the arbiter of who gets to be part of that and not. And I think that that's uh, an unfair advantage, one that I don't think is a, a business model of the future. <laughs> I'm loving these kids that come through with their sparky, great energy and, and inspired ideas. It's just, it's a new world we live in. Yay! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just too good. Okay, so something that you said on Saturday, which I really wanted to explore, you were part of a panel and people were asking you questions, and you said that charity is dead. Yeah. And I was sitting next to someone that is a part of a big charitable organisation yeah. here in Sydney. He's, yeah. the, he's the director of it. And you said the age of putting on gala events to raise money for <laughs> charities, you know, it would be crazy if Hello Sunday Morning put on a big ball and everyone got drunk and then, <laughs> you know, yeah. paid money for our charity because that would be like going against what we stand for, which I thought was that was funny. And so this is exactly what his organisation does. He puts on yeah. this big dinner and to raise money for their organisation. So when you said it, we looked at each other and smiled <laughs> and had a bit of a laugh. But I really wanted to explore that more. What yeah. do you mean by charity is dead? It's a very, it's a controversial thing to say. Yeah. And I wouldn't say, you know, that charities should be out of business tomorrow. And the model that we have in Hellas and Amor, we're actually legally a charity. And we are moving into a much more sustainable model. But I think with the work that we're doing and the problem we're trying to solve, there is actually a market for people to pay for support. And whether that's individuals or health providers or governments. And why I think that's important is we want to move away from taking money over here and having the payer be different from the actual customer and have the incentives as aligned as much as possible. Um, I think some charities, for example, in, in the world are dealing with problems such that the people they're trying to support can't afford to yeah. pay for the solution. Yeah, yeah. And so they, you know, do a social enterprise model mm. where you take money here and then give it to, you know, say, for example, a, a charity that's doing work in Africa or in women's rights in a third world country, if you will, then that model is probably a long-term model. But around health, a lot of the externalities that corporates create, we as a society, whether that's nationally or globally, should build organisations that bring the idea of profit and purpose together. Companies that exist that are just have profit but create all these externalities that the rest of us have to pay through tax and government spending, I think that model is dying and it will take time to die. And charities that just operate on these donations and then go and do these campaigns and there's no accountability, but also can't bring in really good talent because they haven't got enough resource to pay people in the first world to do it, then that, that extreme model is also dead. And so what I mean by that is I think we're moving towards uh, all organisations being both sustainable in terms of financially, but also sustainable in terms of transparency on the purpose that they deliver and the future organization i think all marketing will just be telling the story of what the company is doing to be part of that global shared value rather than just trying to help you individually 
you know, with a little tool to make your life sexier or whatever. So as my hope for the world that actually. So you're saying yeah. that charities should get with the program and become more <laughs> social entrepreneurial and, and create products that they can sell to in order to raise money rather than actually just asking for donation. So become well, more I, of a business rather than a charity, I suppose. It's not to kick charities, you know. I think so businesses should be, and I think the market is wanting this. Markets want companies with a social conscience. Yeah, yeah. And if that's the case, then there's a market for social outcomes that charities should be tapping into. So the more that that happens, the more charities move away from businesses over here, social outcomes over here, to the middle where and it's getting closer and closer to that. Yeah, yeah. And that infrastructure is being built now with different kinds of organisations. And so that's it's an exciting future for both corporates and charities and perhaps ultimately there'll be just one style of organisation. Yeah, look, oh, absolutely. On my Difference Makers page, you know, I've got Richard Branson saying, if you're not in business to help other people or uplift other people or give to other people, then you shouldn't be in business. I think it's something yeah. like that he says. I'll have to read it. Okay, so my friend that was sitting next to me, his charity, yep. you know, he's selling peace. Yep. So last year, myself and Deborah Shepherd from Embrace Life put on a Peace Day festival. So we were we had a product, but we were selling peace too. And it's kind of hard to sell a concept like <laughs> peace. <laughs> yeah. What would you say to a business like that? That's um, I guess you're selling peace in your own way too. <laughs> you're selling peace of mind as well. Yeah, so there's the underlying social outcome that all products are targeted at. For us, what are we ultimately selling, if you will? The ability to for people to use drugs in their life better and to take different pieces of knowledge, whether that's clinical knowledge, community knowledge or design knowledge, and then put that into an experience that people wouldn't normally have access to yeah. unless an organisation like ours existed. Yeah. So that's what we're we're taking different pieces of knowledge and, and giving them to people at the right time, and that's our goal. And so that's what we're selling, that someone that wouldn't have access to that would purchase that. So what advice would I, how would I help you sell <laughs> peace? I think would someone want to, what piece of peace would people want to pay for <laughs> in my question? Look, and, you know, and which uh... people would want to pay for that piece? <laughs> what piece of peace would people want to pay for? That's a whole nother conversation. Yeah. <laughs> That's a whole nother conversation. I believe in social democracies, but I also believe in a market and I believe in valuing things and whether that's financially or in some unit value, it helps communicate a sense of value. And the more that you can break things down and help understand that value for both individuals, for companies, for governments, the market economics just does that really well. And I think that that's changing it. Well, it's interesting what you say. I feel like you're selling self-empowerment, which is, that's kind of what I'm selling. Although I do these interviews and they're for free, so I'm not selling anything in, in a way, but I'm making this knowledge available for people to find. What I noticed at the Social Good Summit the other day was the people that I spoke to, you know, the people that are attracted to these sorts of events are people that really care about others or the rest of the world or the state of the nation. And it's not really a common mindset. It's the social entrepreneur or the person that wants to put on a charity or do something like you're doing is someone that's really thinking outside of their own needs. How did you arrive 
at that as a young person. I know you said that a hangover sparked it, but I mean, a hangover can just spark someone to give up alcohol, not start a movement. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people will say, well, oh, I did that. I didn't make a whole life out of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I didn't have well, to yeah. tell the world. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, so there's nothing new, you know. I think, well, to answer the question, all my family can work in health. So uh-huh. my parents are doctors, my sister's a dentist, brother's a doctor, aunties, everyone's in physio or yoga or something. Okay, okay. So I think we're inherently healers, perhaps, like our family archetype is that. And my background was in advertising and nightclub promotion. I didn't get to that. I wanted to get to your story too. Yeah. So you were in nightclub promotion when you started Hello Sunday Morning. Yeah, I've been selling something around alcohol one way or another alcohol, whole yeah. life. So that's where I think that sense of value in helping people with their health came from in my own life. Uh-huh. I wouldn't say that I'm naturally altruistic though. Like I, I think there's a, there's people out there that are really, you know, just everything, every part of their life, they like recycle like a boss. They, you know, contribute to everything. They like give all their money away and they're really on another level altruistic. I I would say that I'm more ambitious and interested in the problem and I think there's a huge opportunity to help people with that challenge that isn't being addressed and that's what drives me. It doesn't it's not about being good. I think that yeah. Well, it's interesting that you say that. So you're ambitious, but your ambition extends outside your own personal ambition. Like I want to make money and buy a big house and drive three Ferraris and have a swimming pool. So your ambition is for the idea to impact and to see that spread and to see people inspired and impacted by it. I was sitting next to a young man at the Social Good Summit and we were having that discussion, you know, like when I was in my early 30s, I did Anthony Robbins. And the question was, how much money do you want to make? Do you want to live in a mansion and drive six Ferraris? It's like, yeah. And, <laughs> and as much as I wanted all that stuff, it never inspired me to walk towards it. Like, it, yeah. And I kept thinking there was something wrong with me. Yeah. <laughs> like, why is it that I don't want to work towards that goal? That yeah. goal doesn't wake me up in the morning to make a million dollars or millions of dollars. And I think that the mindset of people involved in social good is that they're inspired by the impact that they make, by the difference that they make and not the money that they make. Yeah. And I think there's also an element of creativity too, you know, like there's a creative process that isn't necessarily just about the impact. You know, you're building something new, creating it, bringing in different ideas and innovating. Something that's very fueling about that. Yeah, yeah. And then, sure. yeah, some of my friends, you know, from high school, they get in touch and they say, oh, I want to, you know, start a charity or yeah. go and work for not for profit. I don't find meaning in my life. I think you can actually find meaning in corporate as well, you know, and yeah. that comes down to the team that you're working with, what you're building together. It could be an accounting service. It could be something that yeah. is making people's lives better through design. And that has a purpose just as much as the work that Hello Sunday Mornings team are doing. There's been times when our team hasn't worked well together and that I think emotionally we're not serving the world in the way that we have a responsibility to. And I think that's the most important thing, like to get up in the morning and find work that you really enjoy to do and spending your time well and feeling good about that is more important than purely having an impact. So that's, yeah, I think a really... It doesn't matter the vehicle through which you do it, but 
living that values as that value system is really important. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so how does Hello Sunday Morning work? If somebody is out there and they feel like this is something for them, that they would maybe like some support having a new paradigm around alcohol, do you offer this support free or do people pay? How, how does it work? You can always access our products for free. Like, a, you know, most of it at the moment is for free. We are finding that a lot of people that come to Hello Sunday Morning have really high alcohol consumption. Right. And that's led us to invest a lot more in looking at how we add more clinical support rather than just referring people and probably not really well and probably not to services that deliver what our philosophy is about as well. So over the next year, we're building a lot more rigor to help people in a much more deeper way through technology. So at the moment with our products, you can access it for free and sign up and use whatever. There is some extra value from paying as a, as a hero member in terms of free private messaging and a few other little things. But the future will be there will be a free bit to it, but then deeper services for people that need more support. And then if you can't afford that service but you need it, then we'll have a mechanism through the charity that we can help get you on the program, get you supported so that no one falls through the gaps. That's our product, if you will. So do you make available counsellors? How does it work? Not yet. Not, Not yet. yet. Okay. I know the model in AA, obviously, there are people that have overcome their addiction and they turn around and then counsel others. Is that yeah. not the sort of same model? That's how we started is it's a community, but our data is actually showing that often that isn't the best approach to take. So, okay. for example, each time you comment on, uh, so when you sign up to Hello Sunday Morning, you can share your story through a blog. So everyone gets their own private blog and then that's how the community talks to each other okay. is you blog and then someone comments or you comment in someone's blogs or you send a private message to someone. But each time you comment on someone's blog, that's correlated with a 2% reduction in risk of heavy drinking three months after you finish HSM. But each time someone comments on your blog, that's correlated with a 0.9% increase in consumption, which is a bit of a cognitive dissonance thing. But what that has shown us is actually just telling people to support each other isn't the right approach to take. What you need is cohorts of people with the same values and the same intentions and the same goals to be connected up with those people that are just like them and have those same things in their life. So that's what we're building in now. And it's a big lesson that I think challenges the historical view of treatment services and psychological support is that anyone can help anyone if you say the right things when really actually the, the right kind of people can help the right kind of people. But when you haven't got that, then often it, it creates more problems than, than not. So, And that's what we can see with technology that I think most services perhaps haven't been able to measure is we can look at this stuff that people do look at the interactions and then correlate that to consumption change to go what does and doesn't work and it's very measured so that's the future of support is you know for example if you were to turn up to AA and you just wanted to moderate your consumption you didn't want to quit forever and you felt like that was the right thing to do and you can do actually that model wouldn't work there so you'd kind of be ostracized and yeah. But if you wanted to quit forever, then yeah. great. Like yeah. there's a lot of people that have that that yeah. value system. You would be told that you can't 
just moderate. You have to quit forever because you're a, you're addicted and therefore yeah. you you have no power over this addiction. Look, you know, I remember when I was young, I won't say how young, it was just disgustingly young. I went on a ferry boat party and uh, one of the boys there had one of those huge four-litre casts of wine and said, how, how about you and I polish this off? And yeah. I remember sculling this wine and what was fascinating to me was I couldn't taste it anymore and so I kept drinking it, trying to taste yeah. it. Oh, my God, I was so sick. So I came home, I had vomit all over me. Yeah. And my mother was disgusted and she was screaming and yelling at me. She had a friend staying with her and she was embarrassed and disgusted. But the friend was my saviour because I went to her the next day and got a bit of compassion because I was yeah. so ill. Yeah. But I was ill for like, and I was young and healthy and I was ill for like a week, maybe two weeks after that I was ill. Yeah. I was poisoned. So in that moment I decided... <laughs> that I had to be responsible with the way I drank. Yeah. And I didn't drink for years after that, like three yeah. or four years. But I was very young. I won't tell you how young. Yeah. But, you know, that, yeah, it's just, it's just such a powerful, powerful thing. You know, alcohol can make you so ill. And you have it, you know. You said that you woke up with a hangover. I mean, the hangover is it's pointing at what it's doing to you. If you can be that sick, it surely can't be good for you. But the odd glass over dinner, that's how I drink today yeah the odd glass of wine and I actually don't like the feeling of getting drunk anymore because yeah. I'm drunk on life and that's, <laughs> and that's what giving up for five years helped me find yeah. to get drunk on life without using a substance I remember going to a party and I was having a rip-roaring time and laughing and dancing and at the end of the night said I'm going home and all my friends said you can't drive you can't drive yeah. and I said but I don't drink and they yeah. said but you're so drunk yeah <laughs> I said I'm just happy yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a really great place to find that happiness yeah. happy for no reason drunk that's on a, life yeah I mean there's two stories there like that's an experience that everyone should have around friends and that people think that you you know, that, that challenges the culture that you need to drink to or to take drugs to enjoy yourself and be fulfilled. And I think there's a, there's a whole industry to convince you otherwise that I'm not, you know, 100% against. I think alcohol does have a role in society, but it's our job as individuals to learn that that's not true, that there are other belief systems that we can ascribe to. That other story that you had about your experience when you were younger, I think these experiences are, are inevitable. Young people, by their nature and the way their brain works, are going to take risks, social risks, physical risks, behavioural risks. Yeah. A lot of people get in contact with me saying they want to share their story about how they took this risk and often it went really terribly and, you know, something, you know, was worse than vomit, like something terrible happened in their life that reshaped them. And I think as a society we think that, in sharing that story that that will prevent young people from taking those risks, but it won't. It doesn't. It, yeah. No matter what you say, that's knowledge, it's not wisdom. It's I, I have to say though, Chris, I did tell my daughter some of my hair-raising stories because yeah. I was definitely one of these people when I was young that wanted to try every dish on the smorgasbord, you know, sign me up, I want to have a, I want to go for that. And I said that to her. I said, look, I did this and I did that. And I said, life's a smorgasbord, try it. Yeah. And she And it gave her a sense of freedom where before she did reach for that dish, you know, yeah. she thought about it. Maybe this doesn't look like a good idea. Yeah. And then she watched her other friends indulge and they didn't look too happy. So she thought, yep, doesn't look like a good idea. And that's, <laughs> and that's great. But I'll say like another thing is a lot of parents get in touch with me and say, oh, how can I get my kid to 
talk to you or do this program and stuff. And often the people that I know, I look at their relationship with alcohol or drugs that, and they're saying one, they want the kids to do one thing, but they're really reliant on the other hand. Yes. And so in that yes. breath, I would say that, you know, the fact that you can go to a party and have a good time, that's more powerful for your children to see like than yeah. any story of negative yeah. experience because they can see that actually it's possible and okay and those behaviours can be modelled in a way that they would like in their life. Yeah, so that freedom to choose but also experiencing you and the lifestyle that you're choosing is a really powerful thing for a parent to do and to grow into. Yeah, yeah. It's like don't listen to what I do, listen to what I say, not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. I mean I remember, you know, taking up smoking at about 12 or 13, something disgusting because my mother smoked and all yeah. my peers were saying, you know, do it, do it, and I didn't want to do it. But then I wanted to piss my mother off and yeah. I wanted her to stop smoking. So yeah. I said to her, if you don't stop smoking, I'm going to start. And she's yeah. like, oh, don't be ridiculous. Yeah. And that's exactly why I started smoking. So yeah. that's the message for any parent. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing you say is going to make any difference. You have to be it. You just have to yeah. be it. Yeah. Absolutely. I want to ask you about where Sunday morning is going. It started yep. five years ago. How many people on your team? Five people in, in our office here in Sydney. Five um, people in your office. Yeah, so we're a small and team in Australia. So how's it grown? Like have you had interest from overseas? Have you had other people say, this is cool, I want to do this in my country or my city? What What's happened? We've had different partnerships with governments, so New Zealand, Australia, state governments, federal governments, partnership in Ireland. And Hello Sunday Morning has always been a campaign. So the, our past, our heritage is doing a campaign doing videos, doing TVCs and getting people to sign up and doing social media stuff around a really complex and tricky issue to get people engaged in. And I think that's that has been our heritage and our past and we'll continue to do that. But our future is around technology and, you know, it might be two separate organisations. So us and everyone does the campaign and another organisation does builds technology that has a clinical support. But ultimately, our impact and what we want to bring forth into the world is a change in the culture around how drugs are used, and that's alcohol or any drug, in a much more compassionate, design-led way. And that's our little niche is the, the, the technology can part of that, part of that. And there's also policy change and advocacy and, and cultural change that is much bigger than us as an organisation, but that's what the team is inspired towards is achieving that that goal. So yeah. for anyone listening to this, if they see it as something that they want to participate in or maybe they want to show it to friends or their kids or their parents, how do they get involved? Because people are listening globally. How do they get involved? Start with this Sunday and when you wake up, think about how you feel and what's going on in your life and you can use one of our tools, whether it's the app and you can check in or sign up to the website if you need some more support. It's not really about us and what we do. It's really about people thinking about their relationship with alcohol and drugs and how that relationship can be improved week to week. You know, it might be just waking up on Sunday and doing something good for yourself or your family and that's the best way to be part of a Sunday morning. Yeah, rethinking the getting wasted on Sunday night. Yeah. <laughs> Chris Rain, thank you so much for chatting to us. I just had this thought about synchronicity. Last night I stayed up until like one o'clock in the morning watching a movie and it was called yeah. Flight. 
And it was all yeah. about a um, pilot that saved a crash, but he was an alcoholic. It was actually all yeah. about his struggle with alcohol. Have you seen it? Yeah, Denzel, I have. It's, Denzel Washington. Yeah, it's a powerful film. And I'm just thinking, God, the synchronicity of this just struck me. <laughs> yeah. See, with that film, like that's an example of someone underneath wants to change yeah. but hasn't got the tools or the ability to get there. And there's this whole other story that's happening in, in his life that's not addressed and he gets away with it and he like and that's part of it for him in a better more compassionate society those those things would be explored well and not yeah, yeah. criticized or stigmatized yeah, yeah. so it is definitely a, a powerful film that I'd recommend people watching too yeah absolutely yeah it was on telly last night I think it was 2013 it was made the film yeah check it out if it's something that interests you Thanks again, Chris, for talking to us today. And if people want to look at Hello Sunday Morning. It's HelloSundayMorning.org. Oh, Just type in Hello Sunday Morning. You'll find it. HelloSundayMorning.org. Beautiful. Cool. Thanks for having me. Thanks again, Chris. You're with Karen, Accentuating the Positive, here on FM 99.3. My guest today is Chris Rain, the CEO and founder of a movement called Hello Sunday Morning, which is educating people, especially our younger generation, how to have a better relationship with alcohol and drugs. If you missed some of the interview with Chris, go to karenswain.com slash chrisrain and you'll see the entire conversation in a podcast there for you to listen to. You can also listen to all the podcasts of Accentuate the Positive Radio on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, MixCloud, and YouTube. Remember to join us on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest and Twitter. 